Hey everyone, this is Brian Kirkner again with Good Dog Workshop, and once again I'm joined by my good friend and colleague Josh Sowers. How you doing, Josh? I'm good, man. It's a pleasure to be here with you again. Oh, thanks. So we are Good Dog Workshop. For those of you who haven't listened to us before, we are uh, dog behaviorists. We work locally in, in Warrenton, and also uh, Carlos is in Austin, Texas. Um, we go to our clients' homes and work with their dog behavior problems in sight on there. But right now, we are your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with the dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. So what's our topic today, Josh? I think we're going to touch on, uh, we, we visited the Fucker SPCA today um, and did a little soft evaluation on a, on a, I think she was a two-year-old German Shepherd. Um, just kind of get a feel for if she might be uh, suitable for for one of us, really. I mean, uh, I know I don't know you particularly, but I, we were looking to add another an addition to the to the family and wanted to see, like I said, if she might be a good match. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. And I had um, talked to Devin, the director of the of the shelter, earlier this morning. So I went out and saw this dog Roxy earlier today. But I'll I'll add my uh, my two cents in. Um, later on, so we got there this afternoon, and uh, and you had your your chocolate lab there tank. So tell tell the listeners um, how this whole thing went down. Well, when we first went out, it was just uh, my wife and I, and obviously uh, it was a couple of the staff from the from the SPCA. Um, we didn't have any other dog interaction. We wanted to kind of see what Roxy had to offer just by herself, uh, how she did on the leash, how she corrected uh, moving forward to the paddock. She's obviously she was she was very interested in all the scents. You know, once we got out there, she was she was doing quite a bit of pulling on the leash, but she corrected pretty well, and she did make direct eye contact, which I thought was awesome. Um, all good things moving forward. You know, once we gotten out to the paddock, kind of let her off leash and let her do her thing. Want to see how much interest she still had in us once we once we let her, uh, you know, kind of mill about the paddock, and uh, everything went pretty well. I mean, I, I don't, I, there weren't any signs that I could see there um, that would lead me to believe that she wouldn't be a fit. Okay, and to to give our listeners some background on this, this is a weird one. Um, they found Roxy as a stray. But when they scanned her microchip, they found a whole bunch of old phone numbers that, that weren't her owners. And finally, they got a hold of a person who had owned her but had given her away or right. something like that. It's all, it's all kind of nebulous and, and you know half-truths in, in a lot of this stuff. So we never know for sure. But she was picked up as a stray and was probably not living with a family or a person for, what, two weeks or so. And her her coat was a mess. It was it was blowing out as well. So she just looked like a, a you know kind of a a big shaggy thing. Yeah. When they combed her out, they uh, you know she lost twenty pounds or something. And and she she was definitely thin. So she's put on some some weight. And she had had two litters of uh, of pups. Um, you know so and and I think Devin had finally given us a, a date that was about two years or or under two years. Right. Found a found a date an age for the dog. So we we knew that. Um, and I was kind of surprised that that she pulled on the leash as much as she did with you when you first got her out of the kennel because she was much much easier with me when when I saw her this morning. But there was no there was no bad behavior on on the leash at all. No. Okay. And then, so that was the that was the first thing we tested for, and that was you know just a short 40, 40 yard walk to the uh, to the big paddock, and then we let her off um, off, off leash, and there were what four of us in the paddock. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and and so 
what do you remember of how how she engaged with with each of us? Well, I, I want to kind of backtrack. I know because all the things that you described, kind of like the dog is coming from a broken home, which oddly enough, um, just from personal experience, seeing typically seeing dogs like that, they they never really show well, and I feel like you you know a lot sooner the problems that could arise with them. Right. Um, but, you know, behaviorally and, and and looking at that, like I said before, didn't really see any any uh, glaring issues when we first had started working with her. Um, so I, I, I to kind of return to your question, sure. um, so as far as introducing her to tank, no, no, no. As far, as far as how she engaged each of, each of the people in the paddock. Uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting. I, I think, um, whenever I'm working with a dog, I, I always want to be the focal point, I guess. I, I try to let the dog, um, be themselves, but I also want to be, I want to make sure the dog knows that I'm engaged with them and, and watching them and making corrections for any kind of ill behavior. So, um, it was interesting to me to see that she did kind of move from person to person there to kind of see what they had to offer her. Right. Um, you know, and, and my wife was there and she kind of rubbed up, <clears throat> excuse me, she kind of rubbed up against her and, and was kind of invading her space, but in a total innocent way, um, you know, I just kind of let that pass. Uh, I didn't really see, like I said, I didn't see any glaring issues there. I thought she was really well behaved, um, you know, prior to, to introducing any other dogs. Okay. And, and that's what I saw this morning too. Um, and granted Roxy showed, a much softer side, a much calmer side this morning to me um, when I first saw her. I can't imagine what that could be attributed to because they spayed her, but it was two days ago, and we're told the anesthesia wears off in, in 24 hours. But she was a lot livelier even just out of the uh, out of the kennel this afternoon than she was this morning. So that's interesting, and that's a question I'll have to have to put some more thought into and investigate a little bit to find out why that would be. Um, but yeah, she, she approached me pretty softly. And when she first saw me, she was kind of looking at me like, do I jump up on you or not? And then she decided to just be respectful and, um, and didn't do that. And, and yeah, she rubbed up against Amanda and I, I think she just kind of paid mild interest to us, but then headed off to the far end of the paddock and sniffed around a little bit. Right. Yeah. Agreed. And, and I was kind of, not to say that I was jealous, but I know I had asked you, uh, during that time, I'm like, you know, how long did you spend with her before? Because you oh, know, right. when you started to move around the paddock, she was following you and I'm like, oh, I, how do I get to that level? Do right. I need to give her a little more space or do I need to correct this? You know, whatever the case may be, make corrections here and there. Uh, but just kind of let it play out. Um, you know, I, I, I think it was interesting how she interacted with everyone really in, in pretty much the same way. But to me, watching you and Roxy kind of interact, I was like, oh, well, Brian already has an established relationship here, which is is it's awesome, really. I mean, it just shows that the progress in that short of time. But it also, the difference between when you were there prior and then uh, you know when we had stopped by later the difference in her behavior yeah. was uh, not alarming but it was it was very interesting yeah sure. it, was, it was noticeable noticeably different and and for our listeners i think i spent maybe 25 minutes or a half hour with her earlier today so it wasn't a ton of time and and you know a lot of the time i was talking to uh, to the kennel the kennel staff to Maddie there, um, you know, and I went out and got Red and brought Red and, and Vivian in. So it wasn't like I was intensely working with this dog and we went on a, you know, a two-mile hike in that in that time or anything like that. Uh, just just a fairly fairly casual, you called it a soft evaluation. I think that's a, that's a great term. Um, and so then after that, unless there's anything else you want to add, then you went and got Tank, right? I did, yeah. And okay. actually, if you don't mind, I'll kind of put this back on yeah, you. Yeah, I please. Just, Get, I mean, maybe give us some feedback on what are you, what's your process when you're first evaluating a dog? I mean, um, do, are you hands-on with them? Or like I said, are you trying to let them 
kind of express themselves in their own way, get a feel, get a lay of the land and, and, and move about? Or are you kind of on top of them immediately? Like what's, what's typically your process? There? Oh yeah, that's a, that's a cool question. I appreciate that. I typically do try and try and make contact with the dog, um, pretty quickly, um, unless it's a dog that does have a bite history. And, and oddly enough, we were told that this dog did, <laughs> did try and snap at the, uh, at the ACO who, who loaded her in the truck, but you know, different circumstances and she was probably scared and right. someone's picking her up from the back leg. So any number of reasons for that. Um, but you know, when I, when I saw her in the kennel and pulled her out on leash, I, you know, it's a hard thing to describe, but I just got a vibe that this, this dog is going to be another one who's totally fine with me touching her right away. And the touch is, is not like most people. This is why I think this is such a cool question. It's not like, oh, your dog touched, your dog, you know, licked my face, right? Let me pet him on the head. Therefore, he likes me. It's not that, people. Right. It's, I'm handling you. I can put my hands on you, meaning the dog. I can put my hands on you. I can touch your tail. I can touch your your muzzle, I can touch your ears, and you. I noticed you were doing a lot of this, too. Yep. Um, and one of the first things that I did, because she reminded me of two German Shepherds I had years ago who always made contact with me using their teeth. And for me and, and these two dogs, it was a very specific thing of it was almost like an affection, affectionate tag, you're it, or I came back to you, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch you and, and check in with you. And so I just kind of put my, put my hand around her muzzle um, and she, and she welcomed that and she was totally fine with that. And for the next you know, X amount of minutes that I was with her, every time she came up to me, she had her mouth open, not to, not to explore, but just to check in with me. And I know that sounds weird, but it's something yeah. that I, that I learned from one of my first German shepherds and have, have known that there's a number of German shepherds out there who, uh, um, who feel comfortable doing this with me, and I'm, I'm obviously comfortable doing it with them as well. So that was kind of my first contact with her to say, are we cool? Yeah, we're totally cool. Um, and then from there, it, as always, I'm, I'm usually putting a hand or, an, or draping an arm over top of the dog right. just, just as a real passive form of, uh, of dominance. So, yeah, I do, I do try and be hands-on with a, with a dog like that as, as soon as possible. Okay. And, and I know you know, and I don't want to switch gears here, but I, uh, following up on you had said uh, with her, given the fact that you felt comfortable with her immediately, is this a case-by-case basis, like how you would approach these dogs? I mean, do you get a feeling normally um, just reading the body language initially with these dogs and then kind of decide how you're going to interact with them? And not to say that you'd be um, fearful ne- uh, necessarily to work with them, but I mean, right, yeah, just kind of changing your approach. I mean, that's pretty much a case-by-case basis, right? Yes, it is It is a case-by-case basis. And, and what I like about working at the at the shelter is – I have almost no information about these dogs other than what some, you know, one of the kennel attendants experienced when they got her out to walk her or feed her or something. It's not like a client who calls up and and says, you know, I've had my dog for three years and the dog used to be really good, but now it's behaving this way. And, you know, they have all sorts of information and ton of ton of history. So I can kind of establish and and build um, a a sense of who the dog is and who the dog's likely to be and all that stuff. But with uh, with a brand new dog that you know you basically don't know anything about, you really have to be very confident and very comfortable reading body language and knowing how to how to approach a dog and whether to be cautious or not. And I, and I just wasn't. And also because I, 
I've had German Shepherds for 20-something years. I'm very comfortable with uh, with this breed. But to answer your question, yes, it is a case-by-case basis. But it, you know it just comes with uh, with practice and, and reading body language and, and right. knowing what to expect based on what you're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I appreciate that response. Uh, I don't know if you want to jump back on track here as far as just uh, the introductions with, you know, Roxy tank. and Tank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Tank is about four. I think he's going on four. Five. Five? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so five-year-old uh, Chocolador. 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 I like that. I, I've been saying that at work. It's so funny. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to start calling him a Chocolador. Chocolador. Here I am. It's just second nature, I guess. <laughs> and and just for our listeners, Tank is my girlfriend's lab's brother. Tank and Ariel are our brother and sister. So it, it's cool that, that you know, my, my best friend Josh here has uh, has my girlfriend's uh, twin. Yeah, it's been, so far, it's been great. I mean, Tank is, is it's really low-key. Um, his energy levels are just, he is excitable. I mean, which is great. You can get him, you know, get him really going. He's got excellent ball drive. Um, but when it's time to just chill, I mean, he, he's super relaxed. He'll take a nap on the couch and lay up on you kind of deal, and, which is, which is really awesome. Uh, which made me feel really comfortable introducing him to Roxy right. in, in not even knowing her background and, and how she might react. Um, but so, you know, I had originally put an um, electronic collar on Tank just because I wanted to have him off leash. And I, since Roxy had just been spayed, I didn't want you know her to get too excited and, uh, yeah, and, and, and uh, yeah, cause any uh, excessive injury there. But, I mean, that in- introduction went pretty well. I mean, Tank is usually really calm with him, and the most he's going to try to do is just engage and play, um, which which at first is exactly what I feel like both of them had done. But then Roxley just – she just really shifted it up a gear, and she just kept – uh, just pestering Tank, you know, over and over, just trying to engage and play, trying to engage and play, and and Tank is uh, really s- soft natured. He didn't re- he he didn't really want to engage in that level of play. I don't think, um, but and but he wasn't really making the corrections uh, to let her know that. I mean, he was very passive with it, and I think he was really looking to me for a lot of guidance. But I was trying to let that play out and see. I'm like, how long is this dog going to nip at his heels, nip at his tail? You know, how long is she going to try to engage and play? And then once he finally lays down, it, she didn't stop. She still kept trying to get him up, engage and play, um, which, you know, really is just kind of like this dog has so much energy. How do we stop it? Yeah, and, and I think the other part of that is a, a dog who has a lot of energy, which is not what I saw this morning, but – she was also clearly very interested. Triggered is, is too strong a word, but she was very excited about Tank. Something he was putting off really made her not be able to help herself to try and engage him. So it was really cool to see that because I got a totally different response when uh, working with Red this morning. But um, I was wondering if you could if you could tell our listeners, kind of really give a, an in-depth description of what her trying to engage with Tank looked like and how you knew that there was no malicious intent, that she sure. wasn't trying to dominate him. Right. I, and I think, not to say to the untrained eye, but a lot of the things that she was doing probably would have made someone uncomfortable, uh, maybe yeah. that they thought it was, it was the first stages of aggression because she was she was definitely mouthy. I mean, she was mouthing the you know Tank's hackles around his neck uh, and kind of t- she was tugging a good mm-hmm. amount, just trying to really get him going, kind of get him agitated into, like I said, engaging in, in some sort of play. Um, but it was just over and over. She was she was using her teeth, you know. She was brushing her body, and I I believe once or twice she tried to not necessarily mount him, but she was trying to come over top of him, um, which I thought was interesting in an aspect of play. But it, it just very mouthy, like I said, and and constantly pulling, which I think usually, for me, noticing an engagement in play would be like you know the play bow. 
and moving forward uh, left to right kind of deal. But she was just she was very uh, hands on, if you will. Yeah, yeah, she's kind of kind of assertive. But can you can you tell our listeners what specifically about what she was doing? made you comfortable with, oh, I can let this play out because she's not trying to hurt him. She's not trying to aggress on him, that, that her, she's just trying to instigate play. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a great question. I think a, a lot of it is the, uh, her tonality really, the, the, um, her, her barking and her, she wasn't really growling, but the barking was very high pitched. It yep. was a very high pitched, playful, um, bark and just her nature, her, 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 her body movements. Yeah. She was, it was very, um, fluid she wasn't right. she wasn't rigid you know her she was still moving very loose or you know not to say that because her tail was wagging but she you know she was she was interested she was excited but uh very like i said very fluid and uh it's kind of hard to put into words for me I no that, that's perfect i think i think you've used two words that i that i think are dead on is very fluid and i've already forgotten it uh but but, but it, was, it was the way her tail was was flowing right it was very very easy and very wide and and slow and also her tail wasn't up real high it wasn't down it wasn't down real low and then the other thing that i um that i always forget to point out to people is when a dog especially a young dog or a puppy is instigating play and they and they bark even if they don't go in a play bow right. especially the shepherds those big ears Will kind of flip back and then flip forward again. So they're they're, they're not putting any blood, any stiffness, they're not using those muscles in those ears to um, to um, uh, you know accidentally express or, or communicate to the other dog any kind of any kind of dominant or malicious intent. Those ears really kind of flop back and forth, and so that was that was also part of the dead giveaway. But I think the the main things there, the tail, the the body language overall was very fluid, and then also, like you said, the tonality. Her bark was a total play bark from the beginning. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I appreciate the way that you put that in the words. I feel like a lot of times um, you go out there and you just you just watch and let things happen, and you've got a you know the, the slogan "Know your dog." Um, you've with Tank, I, I was very comfortable with him, so I just wanted to see the the most or the worst that Roxy had to offer. Um, and I think those points you brought up, yeah, very valid, and I, and I do appreciate that. I, I like I said, I have I feel like I have trouble putting those those uh, those actions and or, or perception into words, but that was a great explanation. Yeah, it's it's tough to do that sometimes, and so so here I want to jump in and and talk about the differences between how. Roxy was this afternoon and or with Tank this afternoon and how she was with Red this morning. And I've got video of it and I'll, I'll see if I can upload it to YouTube. Um, uh, when I pulled, uh, walked Red around the corner of the, of the building and see, and he saw her, he pulled on leash and he barked and he squeaked and he was excited to go meet her. So he already read her and realized I, you know, I can, I can dominate this girl from, uh, from, you know, 40 feet away, he knew this. So I let him off leash, and he looked at me, and he said, like, can I go? I, I communicated to him, yeah, go ahead. And he went up, and he charged a fence, you know, full hackles up and barked, and it was his, I'm the man, right? And she didn't react at all, and then he was just like, okay, well, that's all I needed to do. <laughs> and then when I let him in, they did the nose-to-tail thing, and her tail started up. His hackles were up. His tail was up because he was still trying to communicate. I'm still in charge, right? And you know this, right? And then she was like, she just kind of slowly put her head down and turned her, or put her tail down and, and turned her head away. Um, and I think there was a noise or something in the in the distance maybe distracted her as well. And then she was done with it. And she completely, it was one of the, one of the most obvious demonstrations through body language of I accept your dominant role to, to my submissive role. You know, let's 
coexist. Let's co-mingle. So it was really, really cool to, to see that. And that's, this is what's interesting. That's why I called you was, wow, this dog is really pretty low key because your previous two shepherds were, <laughs> were not. Right. Yeah. I thought you were trying to pull a fast one on me. I'm like, oh, Brian, <laughs> Brian said this dog was, it was low key energy. And then we got there and, you know, afterwards watching the videos from your first interaction with her, it, man, it was night and day difference. I'm, I was just kind of like, wow, you know, the, her response to Red, even prior to a correction from Red, her response was just, okay, I'm good with this. She, she was good with where she stood as far as in the hierarchy, and, and, and Red didn't, he didn't, there wasn't necessary to make any further corrections. Uh, but moving forward, when we, when we brought um, Tank in, who do we bring in? So we brought Tank, and you brought Red and Vivian in. I, I brought, brought Vivian in, sorry, I brought Vivian in first um, and, and set her down, and then Red followed, but I think... Roxy was either focused on Tank still and then went to Vivian? She did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Because she, surprisingly, um, Vivian's in size, but she did kind of bay and let, and let Roxy know that, uh, th- no, I'm not, I'm not going to accept this right now. Because uh, Vivian's, oh, that's right. she's very matter-of-fact, just kind of going about her business. She wasn't really interested in what anyone else was doing. Yeah. She just wanted to go around and, and you sure. know, yeah, right, taking the sights. Uh, but once Roxy realized that Vivian... She wasn't all that interesting. Then she, I, she, I think she still kept targeting Tank, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is really Tank. I, I would say like I don't know, once every one out of three times, Tank would actually try to make a correction to her, but very soft. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, invested in it, um, which came to the point where Red was like, okay, I got to handle this. He's like, I, I, I see some behavior here that is just unacceptable for this pack right now, and I'm going to make that correction. And it's, it was just, it was so cool to see the dogs communicate. In the different layers and the dynamics, I mean, it's just, it, it, I know that as far as her, for me, uh, the energy level was just too high um, personally for our family, but it was such a great experience watching all of the dogs interact because they all played a different role and they just fell into the, the kind of like the categories just so naturally. And, and I think it was important for us and anyone involved to kind of see that. And, and kind of go with the flow. Because I know at one point, I think Red was getting ready to make a correction on Roxy, and I believe one of the staff members yeah. um, was a little hesitant, like, oh, no. Uh, but if you just let it pan out, be comfortable with what's happening, um, as we had previously, and like I said, with, with her body language not being stiff or whatnot, and Red making that correction, it looks like it goes a little further, a little overboard. But the behavior afterwards, you realize, like, okay, that's exactly what this dog needs is, to, is a good, firm correction from somebody that speaks the language, and, and that was Red. Yeah, it was. It, that's it. That's the term I was thinking of too. It was so cool to see Red in in action, and he's really got this down to to. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say a science so much because he's an animal, but but he's really perfected it. Before he would he would maybe go a little too far sometimes, but now he does only what he needs to do, and he'll he'll go after a dog who's exhibiting behavior that that is is unstable unbalances the pack and so he just went after roxy a couple of times to to tell her don't be like this even though she wasn't bothering him she was going after tank and that destabilizes the the pack and so red would you know whatever direction he was facing you could see his head turn he'd keep his eyes on her and then you know he'd try and make eye eye contact with her and it's when uh, when he made eye contact with her or looked at her and she didn't pay that attention and she kept going after Tank, then he would jump into action. And it's so cool to see because he's fast, he's very precise, he just kind of goes for for the neck and, you know, he's not he's not drawing, drawing blood, I, he's not even nipping first, nothing like that. But he puts such 
perfectly timed intensity into it that she's like, okay. And then she gave him a wide berth the rest of the, of the time after his, his third or fourth correction. But like I said, there was something about Tank that really made Roxy excited to the point where she's like, you know what? I get in trouble with this other dog, but I think it's right. worth it a couple more times. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's funny, and you talk about uh, Red's almost the innate ability to make a uh, the desired level correction to get the to get the best results, and, and just with the uh, trying to use military terms here, but the, the precise correction, right? Yeah. yeah, precise correction, and get efficient results. And, and what why I brought that up is. When Tank would make a soft correction and Roxy did respond, Red would still engage, but he would really back off. He would really reel it down. He would just more or less jump up and do, and do a body bump or something of that nature. But you could definitely tell the difference between, I was like, okay, I need to correct this now. Right. And then, okay, Tank, you got this. All right, this is, this is okay, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, super cool to see. And I've actually posted a, a video of that, and I didn't catch the the initial correction, but I did catch the cor- uh, the second correction. I think I titled it Cattle Dog Corrects German Shepherd on, on YouTube. So go to our YouTube channel and you'll find it. But Red, you know, Roxy was still bothering Tank at that point, and Red was right there. And so he kind of jumped up at her, at her neck and cracked her, and it, and it looked pretty fierce, but it was a split second, and then she backed off and moved away, gave him space, and then she, you know, reset and started acting up again. And then Red just kind of trotted over to her with that dominant energy. And she was like, you know what? I don't think I want to do this anymore. And then she backed off. And and what we find so fascinating about this, so so cool to watch, is these dogs communicate so well with each other that Red didn't have to do anything else after that. All he did had to do was just walk towards her with that energy to say, are you done, young lady? And she completely backed off at that point. Right, absolutely. And I, which makes me realize, I think an important point to bring up is that uh, when Red moves in for a correction, and we, we talk about the fluidity of, of Roxy and her play nature, but when Red moves in for a correction, you know, he's, he's stiff. He's kind of bulked up. He's moving in for that, and he, he, he kind of gets a, a hard hit. But the way that Roxy responded, she never stiffened up afterwards. So I think that is something that really can help you feel more comfortable is like, how is this dog going to react to a correction? And I think watching Red and Roxy interact was a very clear sign of like, this, the correction works, the communication works, and this dog is accepting that role, which I thought, I mean, like I said, it's just, uh, it's very, it's something to be aware of, which is, is ex- extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that makes me think of one other thing is, when I first got there, you know, Maddie, uh, Maddie asked about, you know, keeping Roxy off uh, um, on, on the leash when I brought Red there. And I, I said, no, just let her go. And, and again, I just got the sense that Roxy was not going to, in a sense, argue with Red, that, that if he went to correct her, she was not going to uh, to respond negative, negatively to that. And, and, you know, she proved that that was the that was the case over and over again, because she had plenty of opportunities to say, you know what, I'm not putting up with with you. But because Red was doing the right thing for the pack, he was he was, you know, maintaining control of a pack and restabilizing the pack, she would have to be a relatively unstable or insecure dog to not accept a correction like that um, and then and then fight back. So, you know, right. it, it, it also told us something good about Roxy is, oh, she can receive a correction and she and she understands it and she's and she's not going to not going to hold a grudge or fight back like like any, um, you know, like some other dogs would. So that was really, really cool to see. Um, and again, a lot of that just comes from experience and being able to read the body language and kind of read the energy and 
and get a sense of no, I, this this dog isn't isn't gonna um, have a problem being corrected or isn't gonna have a problem with me handling her right away or or you know this dog might have a problem. Um, so that was that was really neat to need to see as well. And and you know before I forget, I want I want to say thank you again to to Devin and and Maddie and. Uh, and everyone else who helped us out there, we really enjoy coming to the the Falkir SPCA there. Absolutely, um, you know, and and it's a it's a wonderful facility. Um, love working with the dogs, love evaluating the the dogs, and and you know we uh, we really enjoy uh, that that experience. So so before I forget, thank you to uh, to all of you people there. Yeah, agreed. I, it, it's always a pleasure going over there. Really, I mean, just to kind of see um, just all aspects of it. I think it's. It's interesting, like just the exposure that we had today to kind of get in there and get some enlightenment and, and allow them to see, get comfortable with what you and I are comfortable with, you know. Um, and I think that's really eye-opening for a lot of people. I wish there could have been more people involved with the evaluation that we've done today. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, always a great experience for sure. So the, the, the bottom line, or not the bottom line, but the end result here is uh, that neither one of us walked away with this dog as our new assistant. <laughs> My reasoning was... I just didn't get that kind of feeling that that mesh with her from from the get go, you know, kind of a love at first sight thing. Right. Um, and also, she she didn't um, she didn't kind of need me. I guess is the, is the is the best way to put it. Kind of kind of weird, but I didn't feel that she needed me. That she will be fine with any number of of people or, or families out there. Right. Um, and so I. You know, she's gonna she's gonna find a find a good a good home with um with you know a, a great person and the SPCA they're gonna be very selective, especially with a shepherd, especially with a shepherd who's this good looking and and is uh, and is and is nice uh, has a good temperament as well. Um, so Josh, how about you? What's your reasoning? Uh, well, I mean, I start off. I, I I greatly appreciated her sense of humor and her her willingness to engage and play. Like I for me, that's something I really. I, I, I like, I like a serious dog. I like a dog I can take out and, and kind of be like, not necessarily action sports, but hiking and all that, you know, anything that entails that. But like I said, I w- was very appreciative of her of her playfulness, um, which was great. But just the, to the extent where she had no off switch. <laughs> I mean, I've got three kids, a dog and a cat. And when, when it's time to calm down, the kids calm down, tank calms down. I don't see that happening with this dog um, unless she's either by herself or she's with a, a very dominant dog like Red. Yeah, and and I would say I would say specifically she could not calm down with Tank today. So different dog could be a different situation. Agreed. Um, you know, like like I said, I saw a much calmer dog this morning, but maybe, you know, if I had brought her back to my house tonight, she would have been she would have maybe showed a different side of me, regardless of uh, of Red trying to trying to correct her there. And yeah, that's a really good point. She was she was very playful, and you know, you and I have have known and worked with enough German shepherds to know that some of them are playful and and some of them are not. And that's the other thing that I that I realized today after uh, my old guy Morgan being gone for so many years is I actually I actually looking for a a, a serious German shepherd cuz Red is very playful. He's got a great sense of humor. So I don't need another funny dog and i liked i liked how serious a couple of my shepherds were especially morgan so once i figured that i was like oh yeah this is definitely not the not the next dog for me um so anyway that's uh is there anything else that we missed on this uh no i would just like to point out i I would say recognize your limits um don't fool yourself especially if you find a dog that's aesthetically pleasing don't don't uh, go for a dog like oh this dog is beautiful uh we can make it work you know for me, I love German Shepherds, and I would have loved to take the dog home, but I just know that her behavior coming to the house wouldn't have just 
been her behavior. It would have changed Tank's behavior and you know, my behavior, how I would have treated both the dogs. So I kind of had to step back, know my limits, and be like, you know, this this isn't the right time for this, or she's just not the right dog. So I think it's really important, like I said, uh, know yourself, know your limits, and make sure you make a, you know, a good, conscious decision. And, and sometimes take time to sleep on it. I know you can let them know that you're interested in maybe holding the dog, um, but really take your time, think about what you're doing, because it's, it's, uh, it can be a lifelong investment for sure. Yeah, that's perfect. I was I was just about to say, um, uh, as you were talking over that, is you know our slogan is know your dog, but first you got to know yourself, and you're very self aware, and so you knew that this wasn't going to be your, the right match for you. So you know, to all our listeners out there, when you go to a shelter, when you're looking online at dogs, don't fall in love with a picture of a dog. Don't lead with your emotions. You know, lead lead with your with your common sense, with your intellect, because that's going to make the best decision for you. And the, you know, the emotions, the love, the, the humor, the playfulness, that, w- that will come what, regardless of the, of the dog you get. But, yeah, get a dog that suits your lifestyle and isn't too much energy for you or isn't going to drive you crazy or, or you know, whatever it may be, because then you'll end up being a client of ours in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, thank you for, uh, for joining us. As always, if you have any suggestions or questions, please uh, feel free to contact um, us. You can reach me directly at brian at gooddogworkshop.com or call or text me at 703-489-1319. Um, please go to our Facebook page and like us and follow us. Um, and also check us check our videos out on on YouTube. We've got a couple dozen right now. We've got some good stuff. We've got some funny stuff. We've got some pretty serious stuff. Uh, and I'm always putting out um, uh, new tips that you won't see anyplace else on on Facebook. So check us out. And also, as always, check out our our podcast here on uh, on Buzzbride. Just go to iTunes and type in Good Dog Workshop, and you'll you'll find us. Um, thank you very much for uh, for joining me, Josh. This is always good to do these with you. Absolutely, Brian. I, really, I greatly appreciate it, man. And thanks to all our listeners out there for staying with us for this, and we will catch you next time.